Well, hello, everybody. Isn't this just the best time of year? We're getting closer and closer to the holiday season, and it's time to celebrate. Well, this is the season finale for season three of the Down South IT Podcast. Of course, my name is Clark, and there are a couple of cool things that I'm going to get into for the episode here in just a minute. But since it is the holiday season, and I happen to have my Santa hat on today, it's about that time again. And what I mean by that, it's the giveaway time. So just in time for Christmas, I'm going to do another giveaway for not one, but two devices. That's right. You heard that right. First, before I tell you what they are, here's how you enter. Head over to the website, click on the big red button that pops up. It will take you directly to the giveaway page. And if you really and truly want to skip that step, you can go directly to it. It's downsouthitpodcast.com forward slash giveaway. And all I need is really a little basic information just to be able to contact you when everything's over. And you will have your pick of either a Google Home Mini voice assistant or a third generation Amazon Echo Dot. So the choice is up to you. Now, if you do want both, you will have to submit twice. You can enter as many times as you want for either device, for both devices as many times as you want. But there will be two winners. So if you win one device, you can't win the other one. I want two people to be able to win. So you can put in as many chances as you want. The more you do, the better your chance to win. You can start putting your entries in today. So the day this podcast drops, you can, it starts. Whenever it ends is going to be on Sunday, December 15th, 6 p.m. So you want to make sure and get your entries in by Sunday, December 15th, 6 p.m. I'm going to be doing the random drawing for the devices at 7 o'clock. So keep an eye on your email and your Facebook pages, since that's probably I'll be contacting most of the winners. And so you have from now until the 15th at 6 p.m. to get your entries in for either a Google Home Mini or a third gen Amazon Echo Dot. So good luck to everybody. This is going to be fun. I wanted to make sure I got every everything in before, you know, long enough before Christmas that if I did have to ship these out to someone, somebody that they would still get it in time for Christmas. So that was the thinking behind that. But now one other housekeeping item that I want to bring to everybody's attention. And first thing is I want to thank you all. Podcast has actually broken 3000 streams. Uh, It's actually over 3100 now as of this recording. And most of that has been from this year alone. So and I can't tell you guys how grateful I am. It's really amazing. I never thought that it would get this big this fast. So I just want to give a big shout out and a thank you to each and every one of you. You're amazing. Keep it up. I love it. So here's the meat and potatoes of the podcast today. With all the videos and the bill guides and everything that I put together for this Christmas tree, for this Christmas light controller, not Christmas. Well, you could put it on a Christmas tree if you really wanted to. But for the Christmas uh, light controller with the Raspberry Pi, I never really dove into the program itself or any of the settings or anything like that. And I've gotten a few questions, you know, not that the build's complete and I've spent a little bit more time on it and stuff like that, but most of the questions were on the software side. So for the season finale this this season, if you started this build or if you want to do it for next year, at least that, this is what I'm going to be going over today. Just kind of some of the settings, going through the program itself, because it actually is a really hefty program. It does a lot. So now this isn't going to be an end-all be-all for this software. 
you know, because it has so much to it. But if you're kind of leery to the Raspberry Pi or the Linux platform, and granted, I'm going to have a bunch of screenshots and stuff like that all in the show prep so you can see exactly what I'm doing and where I'm seeing all of the things that I'm talking about. So you're going to be able to see all of that on the show prep. Now, if you head over to the website, downsouthitpodcast.com, everything will be there along with all of the videos, the build guides, the hardware side of things. So all of that will be there. And if you want the show prep, it's right underneath the embedded player on the homepage. You can find find that. Just look for episode 310 and you hit it. Jumping right in, the first build guide actually gets you up to speed on flashing Raspbian to an SD card. Gets you up and running with the VNC so you can use the Pi as a headless or using it without a monitor or keyboard or anything like that. Gets you to dial into it. They get a little funky sometimes, but you know, when... When things go wrong, guess what? Such is life. So from that, anyway, once you install the actual LightShow Pi software, and I have all the commands, the new versions of the commands up on the update section for the first build guide. Once that runs and everything installs without errors, now, granted, I had to install it a couple of times when it, for the new, uh, the new one to come up and, and everything. So I did have to install it a couple of times. If you do install it and you get errors, all you do is you go into, you click the folder at the top to bring up all of the folders, just delete the light show pie folder, and then you run the commands again. It doesn't, it, <laughs> it's just that easy. There's no uninstalling anything like that. You just pull it all in. If something doesn't work, then redo it. No harm, no foul. So from there, that's where we're going to start. Assuming that you already have everything installed and ready to rock and roll. So what you do is first off, the light show pie program is actually, it's a really hefty program to be honest. And there's a lot that I can do. So what does it actually do? Well, basically once you load in your music, it plays the music and takes that music and changes or turns on the light or changes colors of the led strips based on the music that's playing through the Pi. And it does it a couple of different ways. It does it by the frequency. So the different frequencies that are actually playing and it does it by intensity. So the louder something is, you know, so if one part is louder than the other, then it's going to change color or turn on, you know, more. So that's the way that this program actually works. There's actually no coding or anything like that that you have to do to get it to work. It does that part automatic. The part that you have to work with is saying how many lights you have, you know, what configuration they are, that kind of thing. To start off, if you want to see where everything is, okay, and like I said, I'm assuming that starting at this point where you already have everything installed. So if you click to the folders on the top left of the desktop, you'll bring up all of the folders, kind of like your home folder in Windows. And you want to look for the light show pie folder. That's where everything is installed to. And that's where everything runs from. So that's going to be your default folder. Now there are going to be two folders in here that we're most interested in. And those are going to be the music and the config folders. Music's obviously where your music and your playlist are going to go. So when you transfer your MP3s or WAV files over to the pie, that's where they're going to go. At first, there's only going to be a sample folder there. 
and they got a couple of sample MP3s in there that you can use for testing and that kind of thing. But what you want to do is you can create your own folder. And that's exactly what I did. I did one called Christmas. So, and that's where all my Christmas music is. You can do the same thing. Now you can call it something different if you want to, it's up to you. You know, this is kind of on you, how you want to do it. But if you do happen to use the setup for all the holidays, you can keep all the music separate and put it in separate folders. And all you got to do is change the configuration file that we're going to talk about a little bit later. You just change that. And all of a sudden it pulls in the correct music. So if you do it that way, that makes things a lot easier in the long run. But if you're only using it for Christmas, then by all means, call it whatever you like. But once you create your folder and move over all your music, whether it's WAV files, MP3s, what you know, what have you. But once all that's done, you got to build your playlist. And the playlist actually is really only a text file. So, but you do have to have everything set up in a particular format for it to work. So first off, you're going to have the title of the song. So that's going to be the title that you see if you look up the playlist in the embedded web browser that they have, or if you set up the SMS texting feature. So that's the titles that are going to pull first. So, but it's the title, then tab, and then you got to put the entire file path for each song. Now, the easiest way to get to see this in action is to actually just copy and paste the playlist from the sample folder into your folder because there's already a couple there. You can kind of see how it looks. And all you have to do is change a couple of things in there and you can start working on it. Basically, if you did that, there's two things that you need to edit and then just copy and paste everything for each song. The dollar sign synchronized lights home. That's the wild card to the, the folder that you're in. So anytime you see that, that's basically a wild card. And that just means that where whatever directory something happens to, to go in, it's got to look for the light show pie folder. After that, the first slash is going to be music, which is the main folder that we're in. Then after that, there's going to be the slash sample. Now, sample, of course, is the sample folder, and we're not using that one. So that actually has to get changed to whatever the folder that you named is, that your music is in. So again, mine was Christmas. So I changed that to Christmas. And then following that, you have the entire MP3 or music file name. Now, when you put in the file names, it has to have everything, any hyphens, underscores, periods, anything like that that's in there, including the .mp3 or .wav at the end. Now, whenever I was setting my playlist up, I just right clicked on each song and copied the name and then pasted it back into the playlist. That way I wouldn't miss anything. So I would I would actually go go ahead and do that and do it for each song for one. That way I didn't miss a song. And for two, I wouldn't miss any kind of periods or kind of weird crap, you know, from the, the file name. So that way, everything I know would be right. So but you, you have to do that for each and every song. Once you finish with your playlist, click file at the top, save it, make sure everything's good. And then you can close out that folder. We're not going to be using that. And again, unless something happens to be wonky with it, and then you go back and go fix it later. But the next thing that you're going to look into is going to be to the config folder. Now there's going to be a lot of stuff in this folder 
and we're going to be doing a, a good bit with it. But the two main files that you really want to look at in this folder really aren't even here yet because <laughs> when you first setting everything up, the first thing you need to do is copy twofold, copy and paste two files that are already in here. And what you're going to do is you're going to copy. So you just right click on defaults.cfg and paste it right back into that folder. And then you're going to do the same thing with the led1.defaults.cfg. And once you copy those over, you're going to rename those. You're going to re rename defaults.cfg, the copy of it to overrides.cfg. And then for the LED one, you're just going to remove the default part in the name. So that leaves you with the two files that we're going to do all our tweaking with are led1.cfg and overrides.cfg. So the LED one obviously is for the LEDs and the overrides is for everything else that the program does. And it's a lot. <laughs> so being that that one's got so much to go through, we're going to run with that one first. And if you go through and read the file itself, it does a fairly good job of explaining what most of these settings are and what they do. But there are a few things that are kind of confusing. So that's what we're going to go over. And like I said, it is a lot of reading and really the only settings that we need to start with are going to be after the descriptions of the pin numbers that each model has. So you can scroll down a little bit past that. And then that's when you start getting into the stuff that you need to change. Now, if you look at this file, anything with a dot with a pound sign on the very left of the text, the program won't use any of that. That's just notes. It's just, it just takes it as text. So the Light Show Pi program won't even look at any of that. Any of the changes that need to be made are going to be made on lines that do not have the pound sign on the on the very left of that line. So that's the ones that you need to look for to make your changes. Now, the first few options are just going to be GPIO pin stuff. And if you have any expanders like an Arduino or uh, AllPixel, anything like that, I didn't have any of that in my build. So all I, I just left that alone and left it on default. Uh, but the next one is the pin modes. And the choices for these are going to be on off or PWM. Now, if you follow the build guide, you can do either one, but each one has a different effect. So the on off is just that, you know, when the, the solenoid kicks on, all the lights for that channel will turn either on or off. But if you use the PWM option, then the lights will actually kind of flicker and fade on and off. So it's a little bit different effect. I've used both of them. They're both good. It just kind of depends on your preference to what you want to do. The next choice down is going to be the PWM range. And there's a lot of numbers and stuff in here. But basically what it does is that's the sensitivity for the mode that we just set. So depending on the mode that you're using, if you're using the on off mode, I would do it between 60 and 80. That gives it a fairly good sensitivity. The lights won't be on or off too much. But if you're using PWM, bump that up to between four and 500. And it gives us some good fading and flickering, not flating. And once you scroll down a little bit, you're going to see some more of the configs. And this is where you tell the program to look for the LED one config file that you made earlier. Now, if you're not going to do LED lights, you don't have to create that file and you don't have to make any changes here. You can just leave everything as default. Not a big deal. 
since I was doing LED lights, I needed to change that. So where it says LED config equals, that's right. That's where you type in LED one dot CFG. That'll point the part, the program to the LED one config file, which will control the LEDs. Next up is the FM transmit frequency. I'm not doing an FM transmitter. Uh, you can with this program and with the, the Pi, it's not a necessity. So you can, if you want to, you know, just so if people are parking in front of your light show, they can get the music in their cars. But if you're using a speaker or something like that, you don't have to have this, pro you know, you don't have to set this. So under that is the light show, light show section. And this is going to be where it gets fun. Goes through the playlist format, which we kind of went over already. And the important part right under that is the example for the playlist. And this is where you're going to have to change what the default is to point it to your specific playlist. Now, you've already changed the word sample in the folder path to Christmas or whatever you name the folder, you know, in, in your music folder. So the you go change the the word sample in the in that line to whatever your folder is. From here, usually it's a good idea to go up to the top, click file, and save. Just to keep everything straight, you know, you don't want to make too many changes at one time with this, you because you want to see exactly what everything does. So the next choice under that is going to be whether you not whether or not you want your playlist to play randomly. If you set it to no, it'll just start from the first song on the playlist and then play through. If you change it to yes, it'll randomly pick songs and just keep randomly picking them throughout the whole time it's working. So after that, the next few options are going to be for streaming audio from a source outside of the pie. Now, again, I didn't set mine up with this or even really messed with it. There is a video of it on the Light Show Pie website if you want to check that out and learn how to do that. After that, there's a couple of options that you may want to change that are the pre-show and post-show options. These are the timings of the lights going off and on between songs. Now it's a nice feature, but the way it's set by default is okay. So, I mean, you can change it if you can, but it's not a needed thing. And it's basically just the timing between songs. That's all that is. And next up after that is going to be the configuration options. You can choose to either keep some channels on, keep some channels off, you have the option of flipping channels around if you accidentally plug things in wrong <laughs> or wired it wrong at some point. So that's a nice option to have if you need it. It's not necessary if you you know if you really don't need it. The next one under that is going to be pretty important, and that's going to be the uh, decay factor. Now, if you have everything the 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 PWM thing set from earlier, this is where how much the lights will fade on and off as the channel turns on and off. So that's pretty important. You can play around with that and kind of get the, the effect that you want. And if the default works for you, you can just keep it at zero. So not a big deal. Again, this is this whole thing is kind of a, a big trial and error kind of thing to see what you like and what you don't like. So a lot of it is going to be kind of just sitting and tweaking and seeing what what you like and, you know, what works you know, what works best for your setup. So the option underneath that is going to be the attenuation percentage. And this is how the lights turn off. So if the signal on one channel is really high, instead of staying on constantly through the whole song, the setting will actually choose to turn those channels off when they peak out. 
Now, the bad thing is that it, if you have really strong music, the lights are going to be off more than they're going to be on. So if you use this option, kind of play around with it and see what works best for your setup. I think actually with this one, I left mine at zero and left it on default and it works perfectly fine. So I haven't had any problems with it at all. Next up is going to be the standard deviation and you can change the highs and lows for this. And basically what it does is it looks at the music as it's playing and it gives it an average. And the two choices that this gives you, the high and low, tells the program how sensitive it has to be to turn the lights on and off. So you're telling it how far away from that average volume the music will turn off or on. So you can see on here that I got mine set for the low is going to be 0.2 and for the high is going to be 0.5. So mine's a little more sensitive than the default. But again, it's something you can play around with. You're not locked into anything. So that's what's good about this program. You can tweak it to your heart's content. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Now, the next few things you can change are going to be the frequencies of the music itself. You can play around with these if you want to, but the defaults are really good. So I, I really do, I haven't even touched this. Uh, the section under that is going to be for the texting commands. Now, I can tell you this. I tried to get this to work. I spent a full two day weekend trying to get the text and the SMS messages to work, but I could not do it. I couldn't figure it out. I may try it again for next year, but to be honest, I got really frustrated and stopped. So I figured if I couldn't get it after two days, I done put my time in and it's not meant to be at least for right now. So, and I know I wasn't alone either because I looked on the Reddit page and they had a few other people with the same issues. So it may be a programming issue somewhere. I really didn't dig into it too far, too, too far after my two day ordeal. So I just kind of left it. And if I do have any breakthroughs on that, I'll let you know. And, you know, I'll update you, of course. But for right now, I did not use it. I tried. I, I put in my I put in the old college tribe, but it just did not want to work for me. All the commands after that, actually, I didn't use for my build. You can read through them and see if they will apply to yours, but I left everything at default. So once you're done with that, you again, you go back to, to the top, click file, save again and close the file. Now, if you only run in the eight channels, you know, if you're not doing LEDs or anything like that, you can plug things in and give it a go. You open up the terminal or the command line. They call it terminal in Linux. And you type in CD space light show pie, all one word, and then enter. That'll actually get you into the light show pie folder. And then you want to type start underscore music underscore and underscore lights and then press enter. If your playlist is good and everything's working with that, you're going to you should the lights are going to turn all turn on at once and then wait one second and then the music should start playing. And if you don't, if it doesn't work and terminal still up, it's going to give you an error message. It'll kind of give you an idea of what went wrong. If it's something with the playlist, it'll say a song not there, you know, something along that line. That way, you know, if you got to go back and look at the playlist or if it's something else. Now, if you want to use the embedded web browser to work with, and I found that this is a lot easier to work with than actually going in and typing everything in terminal. You can uh, go in terminal and you do the CD space light show pie, just like you did. You right back into that folder. 
and you want to do type the command start underscore micro web and hit enter but you want to leave the terminal window open because if you close it then the web browser doesn't work so but what you do is you type that hit enter to get to the browser itself use your phone or your tablet or whatever and in the url box you type in the ip address of the pi now if you forgot what it is when you were setting it up go to the top right hover over the wi-fi icon and it'll tell you so if everything comes up and it's starting to work you'll get a home page with a few icons and some buttons on it volume up and down playlist lights on lights off and start so i got a screenshot of it on the, uh, in the show prep also so you can check that out but using the browser, I found was a lot easier to work with when you were testing just because you didn't have to go back and forth to a computer. If you're not sitting by it, you can actually just pull it up on your phone, you know, check all of the songs in the playlist, make sure everything plays, start everything working, turn it off the whole nine. Everything works. But like I said, just make sure you keep that terminal window open. That way, you know that, you know, that because otherwise it won't work. Now I know that was a lot of stuff thrown out there in just a few minutes. I know. So we decompress here for a second. And if you want to see just all of this just working, you can head over to the YouTube channel. I got videos of everything up on the house and shows how it all works together. So I got a bunch of videos on there. You can check out also some reviews, unboxing videos, that kind of thing. Lots of cool stuff to watch. So head over there, check all that out when you have time and hit subscribe. That way you can be reminded whenever I do put up new videos. So, all right, little breaks over. Y'all want to go through the LED stuff? Awesome. Okay, yeah, me too. So, this is where this one's nowhere near as long as that overrides file. So, before we go into this one, a couple of things you can need to know about your LED strips if you're using them, and it's basically you want to know how your LEDs are going to be set up. You want to know the type of LED that you have and how many LEDs that it has on the strip in total. Other than that, that's really all you need to know. So if you're using just the strip, that's fine. But there is a section in here for using it as a matrix. Since a lot of these LED strips you can cut into different sections, you can actually cut them in sections and then make a square or you know some other design out of them and use all of those to almost make like kind of like a big TV, you know, you, it'll display pictures. If it's big enough, it'll do different color patterns and different things like that. So you can do different things with the matrix. I didn't do anything like that with mine, but I have seen some videos online and they look pretty cool. So, but if you know how many LEDs you have on your strip, what type it is, and if you're just going to be using strip or a matrix, the rest is going to be easy. So first thing, you want to choose which way that the pie is going to control the LED strips. Now, if you did the build from my build guide, you're going to pick SPI for this one. That's for that. That'll actually control it from the GPIO pins. But there are a couple of other components that you can add uh, an Arduino uh, uses a USB connection to control the LEDs. If you had one, you'd have to change the connection type to serial. And there's an one called an all pixel. And that one, I think, uses that one uses SPI also. So, but after that, you want to say whether or not you're controlling the strips in a strip or a matrix. So if you're only using the strips, you just put it as strip. But after that, you're going to have to put in what type of LED strip you have. And there are several that are supported. 
But if you're going to get LED strips to use with this, I would go ahead and look for the types of models that are supported. That way, you know, they're going to work with the Light Show Pi software. So, I mean, that's the, the reason why I did the APA 102s. Uh, I know the WS2811s and 2812s are also really popular for this kind of light show. So those are, you know, some other ones that you can look into. But you want to know what model you have. That way they know how to send the data and the timing of the light changes down the strip. So next up is going to be the channel order. And that usually stays RGB as default. After that, there are going to be a few choices for the channel configuration. Now, if you set this to mirror, then you're going to use the same amount of sections on the LED strips that you have for the plug-in channels. So if you have eight plug-in channels, then you're going to have eight sections on each LED strip. If you choose extend, then the plug-in channels and the sections of the LED strips are going to run as separate channels. Now, granted, I've tried mine and they didn't work if I had it set to extend, but I think if you're using our, an Arduino, it will work. So that might be something you want to try, but mirrors the usually the default and the one that works for the most amount of LED strips. So the next three choices are going to be where you tell the Light Show Pi software how many LEDs you have per strip. Now you can count the whole thing if you know how long it is, like if it's five meters, you just count one meter of it and multiply it to get the total. The first is going to be the channel count. This is how many sections you want to divide your LED strip into when it changes colors. After that, there's going to be brightness. Uh, the default's 50, but you can bump it up a little bit. I have mine set at 70, and they're really, really bright when they start going. The last option of these is going to be the channel option. And this is how many LEDs are part of each section that are going to change color. This number and the channel count should multiply out to give you the total number of LEDs that you have on each strip. If you overshoot it by a little bit, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But all the when you multiply it and do everything, it should be below 500. Like the, the strips that I have are 160 LEDs per strip. So I have mine set to 16 LEDs per section and 10 sections per strip. And it works great. I've done that. I've done... 8 and 22, I think, was one other one that I tried, and it worked fine. Just do eight sections and, you know, 22 LEDs per strip per section. So mine was overshot by a little bit, but that's okay. And you can always adjust these, you know, adjust them more, adjust them less, depending on what you want to get the best effect for your strips. So after that, you got a couple of sections that are for the colors that the LEDs are going to use and how they're used by the music being played. So there are a few choices here. Mono, which is gonna be the LEDs just light in one color and they stay on the entire time. They can, you can adjust that color right there with the, the numbers and everything in there for your RGB numbers. The next under that is gonna be the pattern color. And the pattern color is the different uses of color that you can pick from. Now there's FREQ, which is frequency choices. There's, I think there's two of them. And the color is based on the frequency of the music being played. Now, if you use the map options, the map options change the color based on the intensity of the music. So the stronger the music, the more the colors change. I have mine right now set to map two. I've done map one already, and they both they both work really well. Uh, the pattern type 
underneath that is going to be how the color changes behave within each section. So if you got it on full, the whole section changes color at the same time. This is what I have mine set at. Uh, there's C bars, which that actually starts from the middle of each section and goes outward. So it goes toward the edges of each section. Now there's actually a hidden one in here too. And if you put in M bars, the colors will actually start from the ends of each section and move toward the middle. So it's a pretty cool little effect. And this was in the last release, but they took it out of this one and it still works. I tried it when I, we were when I was testing everything and it still works, but they just, they took it out for, for some reason. I'm not sure why. And the rest of the file is actually going to be for if you have an Arduino or all pixels, stuff like that. So just to kind of give you more control over those and, and if you're using um, LED matrix, again, I wasn't doing any of that. So I just left everything as default. And once you're done with that, again, file, save, close it out and then start it and see what happens. And that's it. <laughs> I know it's a lot of information, but if you do decide to give this a go and open up the files and, you know, once you get everything installed, you can actually follow along right with the podcast and you can make your changes and see exactly what I'm talking about. Of course, I'm going to have screenshots up in the show prep so you can follow along with that too. Head over to the website to get a hold of that, downsouthitpodcast.com. Click on the show prep button underneath the embedded player. You can get it right there. Everything will be there. And of course, while you're there, don't forget to enter for your chance to win a Google Home Mini or an Amazon Echo Dot third generation. That giveaway starts now and it goes all the way until December 15th. So make sure you get your entries in before 6 p.m. on December 15th. The drawing will be at 7 o'clock that same night. So with this being the season finale of the third season, I will be taking a little bit of a break for the holidays coming up. But don't fret. I'm still going to be coming out with the new My Two Cents clips every now and then whenever whenever something breaks. And I'll be working on some other things as well in the background. But the next full podcast episode will actually be coming out on January 14th. So season four premiere will be on January 14th. Put that in your calendar because it's in mine. So as I like to end every podcast, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. I want to wish all of you a great, happy, healthy, safe holiday season. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I'll see you right here for the season four premiere of the Down South IT podcast in January. Have a great holiday. Later. <laughs>